Uh, anyway, last, last May, I went to the zoo. I took this picture of a baby giraffe. Isn't that great? Giraffes are so cool anyway, and I saw this one all curled up and it's with his neck around. And Anyway, I love our zoo here in Omaha. Uh, I like to gaze at the gibbons. They are swinging from branch to branch in the lead jungle, and I like to watch the sea lions, you know. And, uh, and you know, they, they do their little tricks during feeding time. And, and, and I also saw an elephant grab some hay and dirt with its trunk and then throw it on its back. And I, I found out that that's because you know, having a little covering stuff on their back protects them from the sun. And of course, who doesn't love the goofy jelly, or the penguins, you know? And then I also get mesmerized by the jellyfish. Uh, anyway, a trip to the zoo is a spiritual experience. Do you, ever, do you ever experience it that way? Uh, I mean, I walk away every time just sort of my mind blown by this amazing, magnificent world that we live in. And my heart wants to just sing praise to God. Lord, our Lord, majestic is your name throughout the whole wide earth. Will you sing it with me? Lord, our Lord, majestic is your name throughout the whole wide earth. Anyway, the, the Psalms, you start reading some of them, and they even call on the lightning and the hail and the snow and the clouds to praise the Lord. And the Psalms uh, call on the mountains and the trees and the hills to praise the Lord. And they call on the wild animals and the livestock and the bugs and the birds to praise the Lord. And so this beautiful creation, this world that we live in, is inviting us to join with it in praising the Lord. So I'm going to ask us to sing it again. Lord, our Lord, majestic is your name throughout the whole wide earth. Well, last month we started this series uh, called Honest to God uh, on the Psalms. And uh, I gave it that title because the Psalms, the Psalm writers are so transparent in whatever they're feeling, whatever they're going through, they just pour it out to God. And they call on God, and they are just honest to God. And by the way, if you missed one of the previous uh, messages, you can go to our, watch the video on our website, and, uh, or our Facebook page, or our Faith Westwood app. And of course, you can always listen to the audio wherever you get your podcast. Uh, today's psalm is a song of praise. But you know... The way I look at it, praise doesn't always come out easily, does it? I mean, some days it's maybe just not going to be there because of your, how you're feeling. But, but I, even then, even on normal days, praise does not always flow automatically. I mean, we get distracted. Uh, we get preoccupied by stuff. I mean, a lot of times we're more concerned about getting praise than giving it, right? And so a lot of times then we're worried or we're angry and we're just always so busy trying to get all of our stuff done. So what happens? Praising God just kind of gets shuffled off to the side. Let's open our Bibles now to Psalm number 8. It's our psalm for today. Uh, in the Pew Bible, it's on page 539. And if you wish you had a Bible so that you could read these psalms at home, let's make this happen today. After worship, just head to the Connection Center on the other side of the foyer. You'll see a little rack marked Free Bibles. 
Help yourself. By the way, uh, did you know that Psalm 8 was the first portion of the Bible to go to the moon? Did you know that? I, I didn't either till this week. Uh, when Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin landed on the moon in 1969, they, they left there on the moon a silicon disk uh, containing messages from 73 countries, including the Vatican. And the Vatican chose Psalm 8. Isn't that interesting? So if you're reading the book, the, the book of Psalms straight through, then when you get from Psalm 3 to, verse, to Psalm 3 to Psalm 7, uh, you've had five in a row of all lament. And lament just means basically crying out to God for help. And they also express trust in God, but they start with our troubles. And then suddenly, amidst all that lament, it gets interrupted by the first song of praise in the book of Psalms. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we jumped ahead to Psalm 146, which is a beautiful song of praise. It, it tells us to praise the Lord. It gives us reasons why we should praise the Lord. But Psalm 8 is not like that. It's a little bit different. And that difference is that it, Psalm 8 is speaking directly to God rather than about God. And the first thing you'll notice there, if you get your Bible open now to Psalm 8, is the doubling up of the word Lord. Lord, our Lord. Why is that? Uh, well, it's a perfectly fine translation, but let me shed a little light on it. Uh, I've shared this in the past through other passages, but it's, it's been a while. It's always worth mentioning. Uh, you see that first word, Lord, there? You see how it's in all caps? You notice that? You will only see the word Lord in all caps in the Old Testament, never in the New. And when you do see it, it is a translation of the, of the Hebrew personal name for God, which is Yahweh. Not Yahweh means I am, or I will be who I will be. So most translations of the Bible that you would see today uh, will render the Hebrew name Yahweh in all caps as Lord. And then the second Lord is a translation of the Hebrew word Adonai, uh, which is the normal word for Lord. It means that we claim him as our sovereign, our ruler, our master. And so another way to say Lord our Lord would be Yahweh our sovereign. So uh, Lord our Lord, it says, how majestic. That's a word we don't use a lot, isn't it? Majestic. If you uh, ever had the opportunity to meet the Queen of England, and I'm not guessing any of us will, but if you ever did, how would you address her? Your Majesty. It is a title of praise uh, suited for royalty. And here it speaks of God's awesomeness and God's surpassing excellence. So, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. How do we praise God's name instead of God? Well, the name, God's name represents God's character. It's a, just a, a representation of God. Uh, it, it's the essence. It, it speaks to the essence of who God is. You know, it reminds me how we, we pledge allegiance to the flag as a representation of our nation, and God's name represents him. That's why we are commanded to not take the name of the Lord our God in vain. Lord, our Lord, 
how majestic is your name in all the earth. And so from our viewpoint here on earth, God's majesty and awesomeness are always on display. It's like the message that uh, the prophet Isaiah got when he, when he saw this vision of, of the Lord in the heavenly temple. And, the, and these angels called seraphim, they, they praised God and they said, the whole earth is full of his glory. Do you think that's true? That the whole earth represents, gives to us the glory of God. So let's go back one more time and sing this first verse of Psalm 8. And I ask you to sing it out nice and strong with me, okay? Lord, our Lord, majestic is your name throughout the whole wide earth. Now, Psalm 8 begins and ends with that same line. Those words of praise bracket the entire psalm. So even when Psalm 8 gets into talking about humanity and our identity, it's still framed within um, this, this majesty of, of Yahweh our Lord. And not only is God's majesty perceived uh, here on the earth, uh, we also behold it when we look up above the earth and gaze upon the skies. The psalmist says in the rest of verse 1, you have set your glory in the heavens. I'd like to bring up Shari Scott. Shari, where are you here? There you are. Uh, Shari and her boys, Ryan and Brandon, have been uh, worshiping here at Faith Westwood for a little over a year. And a couple weeks ago, uh, Shari and I were talking. She was telling me how, she, how, how much praising God has become an important part of her life and uh, in the Psalms that, that praise God as well. So anyway, hi, Shari. Shari. Hi, how are you? Good. So glad hey, everyone. And, and so we had a talk last week, too, about it, and she agreed to come and share with us a little bit. But anyway, tell us this, this story. How did, how did praising God become such a vital part of your life? Well, I say for me it was really important because... I was born with two parents that had just became Christians, so they were really hungry and they were really in the word and mm -hmm. you know I was able to see it firsthand of how God was really blessing everyone and with our family being military, we were able to travel you know all over the world, different countries, and just see how different people live and and the things they got through and mm -hmm. the struggles and being able to just travel and have that access you could see just so much of the blessings God had for us and just it made us want to be a part of that and make sure that we we're praising God and so you, you, your parents are are praising God and kind of pointing out God's glory every all these places that you went yeah. and lived and and uh, so tell me about then you grew up how did that become part of your life then following I mean, just, I mean, we would still go to church. We would see how people sing and dance. That was a big thing. And, you know, sometimes as kids, you would see like, well, why are they dancing like that? Or why are they singing like that? Well, because, you know, they're thankful. God's helped them and got them through. And there's so many things to be thankful for. It becomes of you and you realize like, oh, I do have a lot to be thankful for. And, and you know, the things that he's blessed us with on the earth you know, the plants and our gardens that we have, 
and it just it grew in us to always celebrate yeah. and to be thankful like for just who he is and that the things that he's going to do because his will be done and one of those psalms is pretty special to you too isn't it? yes it is my favorite one is psalms 150 i mean just you know praising with trumpets and cymbals and you know, the band and, you know, mm -hmm. everything that have breath, praise the Lord. So, I mean, it was just, it became of me and it also became of my children. So it was a really good thing to see my children being able to praise God too. Hey, and I want to thank you. You sent me some links to some different praise songs that you, you uh, listen to a lot, right? Yeah, I listen to them all the time. You know, just how excellent is thy name, you mm -hmm. know, and just understanding hallelujah and being mm -hmm. able to travel the world and understand that hallelujah everywhere is the same thing. So right. the ultimate praise, that you can still have that same praise no matter where you are in the world. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a good thing just recognizing of who he is and celebrating him the way that you celebrate him. And we do it through song. Now, I know that your family has faced some challenges and there are times when praising God it's a real step of faith. You want to tell us about that? Yeah, my youngest son, Brandon, he has sickle cell. And that's... Can you, can you tell us what that is for those of us who aren't aware, maybe? Yeah, it's a disorder with his blood. He was born with it where instead of having sphere-shaped blood, it would actually collapse and be sickled like a crescent. And they uh -huh. would back up and, you know, hurt his veins and hurt his bones. And it's just endless pain. There's not yeah. enough medicine in the world that can help the pain there's no cure for it mm. and I mean when he's in that state there's there's not much you can really do is try to comfort him but just realizing seeing him even in the hospitals knowing that doctors or no one can help him he still reaches out to God and he's able to still praise him and say you know he's gotten through it the last time I know God's going to help me get through this too so he still has a lot of praise and that's a good thing to see that he has that in his heart. Yeah, that means a lot to you as a mom, doesn't it? It does. Seeing a child so young, you know, these babes, you know, first seeing how God works in their life and then seeing that even when you're down or you're not doing good, it gives you that same, you know, want to praise God. It gives you that same feeling. So I see, like how you were saying, God definitely he loves seeing the babes praise God it definitely does the same thing for the parents seeing their children praise God that's awesome thank yeah. thank you so much for coming up and sharing with thank us. you for having yeah. me <laughs> okay we're gonna walk now quickly through the rest of the psalm uh, starting with verse 2 so you want to follow along here uh, says through the praise of children and infants or as an older translation would say out of the mouths of babes right you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger now scholars will admit that this particular verse is a little bit tough to translate there's some things that are a little bit ambiguous about it but the overall idea is clear that even our children tell us that, that God can make the weak victorious over their enemies. God's power is great enough. You know, Jesus quoted this verse, uh, part of it, when after he entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday riding the donkey, and then later they went to the temple courtyard, a big crowd there, and the children were shouting to, to, to Jesus, Hosanna to the son of David! 
And uh, the religious authorities thought this was terrible. You know, tell, they told Jesus, tell the children to quit, quit doing this. And uh, Jesus quotes part of this verse that, as if to say, hey, God has inspired their praise. Let them speak. Now, verses 3 and 4 ask a question. And I, uh, just by the way, I'm going to change the word mankind to humankind. I just like it a little better. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is humankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You know, sometimes when I go to the mountains, you know, you, you come up to this huge panoramic vista. You're surrounded by it, and it's so immense and so magnificent. And, and then I just feel so small in comparison, but in a good way. Have you, have you ever experienced that? Or maybe you, you felt that when you've been out camping, and it's, you know, totally a dark area, and then all of a sudden you see the Milky Way above you. And, uh, you know, the stars, they're like God's silent fireworks every night. But when we see that, it's, it's like they give us a glimpse of just how tiny we are. And we wonder, you know, does God ever think about us? I mean, we are these, these minuscule drops of matter on this small planet. Well, yes, we are, we are small, but, but Psalm 8 says God has given us nobility. Psalm 8 echoes Genesis, where the humans are, are created in God's image to rule over his creation. Verse 5 says, You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with, with glory and honor. You know, the, the New Testament, in he, the letter to the Hebrews, uh, it uses the language of this verse to also talk about Jesus, that for a while he was made a little lower than the angels like us and now he is crowned with glory and honor verse 6 you made them ruler made us rulers over the works of your hands you put everything under their feet you know this is not the message that the other nations were getting uh, that they learned in ancient times uh, some of the other nations they worship the sun moon and stars they didn't think they were creations of, of the deity. They thought that they were the deities. Mesopotamian myths said that humans were created to be slaves of the gods, to do their manual labor for them. Israel's God says, no, that's not the case. You are not slaves. That's not your identity. That's not how I made you. God made us and appointed us to be his royal rulers of creation. God has put us in charge of caring for his creation. And verses 7 and 8 poetically outline the animals that are a part of that. All flocks and herds, and the animals of the wild, and the birds in the sky, and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. We are to govern his planet and care for its creatures. Why? Because God says, I appointed you to represent me. I read an article on Friday about um, two U.S. Uh, representatives uh, 
One's a Republican, one's a Democrat. And they intend to create bipartisan legislation this year that will balance innovation and regulation when it comes to dealing with the climate. Uh, one of the legislators is from a conservative coal country, uh, or that region, and, and uh, the other comes from liberal West Coast uh, district. But they want to work together because they want to see the United States invest in, in developing cheaper forms of clean energy. And I suspect that if this nation can come up with a way to, to offer balanced, affordable approach, then other countries will follow our lead. Now, we may do all that. Will, will global temps continue to rise? Will sea levels continue to rise? I don't know. Will, will Arctic ice and, and glaciers continue to melt at, at a rapid rate? I don't know. But I do know that there are 7.7 .7 billion of us on the planet. And it makes sense to me that our impact on the environment would be felt, for good or bad. You know, you remember the ozone layer? Remember that back in the day? The ozone layer? Uh, you don't hear much about the ozone layer anymore. Why is that? Uh, because. Uh, we took a balanced approach uh, of innovation and regulation and international cooperation, and now they tell us that the hole in the ozone is healing. Now, we can disagree on all kinds of stuff. We can disagree on how much of climate change is caused by humans and how much is caused naturally, and I'm sure we're, we, we're, we're going to disagree about a lot of stuff. And there's a lot that happens in the world naturally we can't do anything about. But Psalm 8 reminds us that God has placed the care of this planet and its creatures in our hands. I mean, that's our calling. That's how one of the ways that we serve him. It's up to us to do our part. And then this psalm ends where it begins. And so I'm going to ask you if you're able to stand. Stand with me. And uh, we're going to put that last verse up on the screen. I'm going to ask you to, to, to give it a good emphatic shot with me, will you? Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Let's pray. Oh, God, we praise you. We glorify your name. You are the maker of this beautiful earth we inhabit. You are the maker of the sun and the moon and the stars and you are our maker. And when we behold this magnificent creation you have made, sometimes we seem so small. But in a way, so do our problems and the world's problems. And so, Lord, we ask that you will give us the perspective of praise. Reform our attitude with songs of praise. Infuse our, our, our lives with the joy of praise. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And all God's people said, Amen.